When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Dan. This is our Friday podcast, and that means it's our picks edition of the podcast, which also means you're going to hear one of our Football Insider subscribers be a part of our podcast as they are every single week. So if you want to get involved in Football Insider and maybe get a chance to be on our podcast picking games or jump into our post-game Zoom uh, show that we do every single week after the Browns game. You got to go to cleveland.com slash Browns. There's a big blue banner at the top of the page. You click there. What you're going to get is access to our exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash Browns. You're going to get a newsletter in your inbox every day with exclusive content by one of our Browns beat writers. And you get a chance to be a part of our text subscription service where me, Scott, Ellis, Mary Kay will text you throughout the day with our thoughts, updates, analysis, all sorts of stuff. And like I said, those opportunities to be a part of this very podcast. So again, go to cleveland.com slash Browns, click on the blue banner up at the top of the page to get information, to get signed up, and then check out our Friday podcast here with NFL picks and then a preview of the Raiders. Hey everybody, welcome to our Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I am Dan Lobby. It is our picks edition of the podcast today. Uh, of course, we will pick our NFL games as we go along. And then we'll preview the Las Vegas Raiders in the second half. Uh, Mary Kay Cabot and I had a chance to talk to Vinny Bonsignor. I believe that's how you say it. He was okay with me saying it like that. So that's the pronunciation we're going to go with from the Las Vegas Review Journal. So that's going to be in the second half of the pod after the break. Uh, but first, we're going to do picks. Uh, let me start by introducing everyone here. I, I'll say this. I'm still in first place. We all had bad weeks last week. Uh, I am still in first place, though, after that one and three weeks, 16 and 12. In second place, still, Doug, after a one and three week. Actually, I think technically you've moved ahead of Mary Kay because you have more wins. You're 14 and 14 now. Overall, so Doug Maurice joining us. Doug, tough week for everybody. Odie Parkey, man, that guy. We'd all seem that much smarter if that guy would have made his extra point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in third place, Mary Kay Cabot, also one and three last week, ten and ten overall now. Mary Kay, what are we gonna do? I, yep. You were you were sweating out that Arizona Seattle game. Yeah, I mean, if they had a fifty-two yard field goal taken off the board. I was golden. Once that thing was taken off the board, that opened the floodgates and I lost that one. And Cody Parkey, as Doug mentioned, uh, killed us in the Browns game. So I would have been sitting pretty. Ellis Williams also now in third place and still the only one with a push on his record, 12, 15 and one also one and three last week. And Ellis, you were among the large group of us, I believe, that somehow managed to get burnt by the Jets. Yeah, that hurts. Yeah, that, that, that just hurts, Dan. And at, in times like this, I'm just looking for a good push. I need to get that one up to maybe a two or a three here, and I'll get back in my groove. So just looking for a good push this week. I think I found one. Oh, I like it. All right. And our uh, football insider, 
tech subscriber joining us today has a lot of work to do because uh, you know that the tech subscribers were rallying a little bit and then we had, had Bruce last week Bruce also went one and three so our tech subscribers are 12 and 16 on the season against the spread Hayden joining us Hayden how are you I'm doing, doing all right how are you doing well you got you got some work ahead of you uh, now I have on my cheat sheet here in all capital letters read the rules exclamation point exclamation point exclamation point because i realize some people might be coming to this pod and not realizing why are they only picking like a few games so what we do is we pick any three nfl games of our choosing all against the spread of course uh and then everyone picks the browns game so that's why it's been four games a week uh nice and clean through here uh i mean i guess i'll go first since i mean i am still in first place here <laughs> good for I'm you gonna I'm going to go with a game that I don't feel great about. And there were a lot of games on here. I didn't feel great about. I don't love the Colts. I also don't love the lions and they needed Todd Gurley to not score for them to even have a chance to win that game. I mean, if Todd Gurley falls in just an inch shorter than he did last week, then then the lions lose another game and we're back to talking about Matt Patricia's job. So I'm going to go with the Colts minus two and a half over the lions still don't love that Colts offense. Still not a believer in Phillip Rivers, but I think they can beat the Lions by three points. So that is my first game. Colts minus two and a half over the Lions. Doesn't look like any of you are ready to jump in and talk about that one. So uh, unless anyone is real passionate about the Colts or the Lions, we'll just move on to, to Doug's first pick here. If anybody is passionate <laughs> about the Colts or the Lions, I think we need to talk. <laughs> All right, my first pick, and I will say, no, 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 who cares? I mean, the Colts probably make the playoffs. It's fine. Um, I was going through the games this week, and I thought to myself, man, there are just not a lot of games that I like. This is a really tough slate this week to try to figure out. And then I realized that I'm just realizing over the course of, of seven weeks now that I am terrible at this. And so it's just my own dumbness that it's not the games haven't changed. I'm just more aware of my own ineptitude as I struggle to stay at 500. So I don't know. Here's a pick. Tua's starting for the first time for the Dolphins, right? I mean, everybody's excited. Tua's going to be great. Everybody loves him. You know, Baker was good the first time he played for the Browns. I don't know. Rookie QB, I'll take the Rams, and maybe Tua messes up a little bit. So I'll take the Rams minus three three and a half against the Dolphins, assuming that Tua will be good, but maybe not right away the first time he starts. Well, I took this game as well. And I think it's because I have the Rams over the Dolphins by three and a half as well. And I think it's because, as you mentioned, Tua is starting his first game. And I just got done watching uh, the Rams play on uh, on Monday night. And, you know, I mean, I just think that this is ready made for Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd and Jalen Ramsey to kind of show the rookie a little bit about what the NFL is all about. So I I think and also. Aaron Donald only had a half a sack in that game. He had an opportunity to either tie Miles Garrett or go ahead, and he wasn't able to do that. So his last two games, he's only had a half of a sack in his last two games, letting Miles overtake him. So I think he's going to come out uh, just kind of snorting mad and go after Tua. I also took this game, but I am on the other side of it. 
And I'm on the other side of it because despite what my record may be, I think I am good at this. I'm like, Doug. (laughs) (laughs) You millennials, you millennials, you, the proof is in your face that you stink at this, Ellis, and you refuse to admit it. I love your generation. That's what, that's exactly what I was going to say. Perhaps it's my age here showing, but here's why I'm picking this game. Dolphins plus three and a half. They're at home coming off a bye week. I think you have a, a, baked into a surprise so I guess for the exact reason Doug and Mary Kay on the other side of this I'm on the side of you have no way of knowing how to set the line in this game because you don't know what two is going to be uh kind of like how Drew Locke uh got some points versus the Patriots a few weeks ago and they kicked three field goals in one it's my same theory here also Rams coming off of an impressive Monday night win you can you can be flat after a game like that um and whenever a home team gets three and a half points at home coming off a bye, I think it's a, it's a safe landing spot. And these Rams also only beat the Giants like three weeks ago, four weeks ago by like six points or something like that. So, you know, this Rams offense ebbs and flows as well. So give me Tua and a surprise win. And you, you, that story starts writing itself in a fun way, I think. All right. So we look at all of you picked that game. I thought about that game. I, I really did, but I, I decided not to. All right. So we have uh, one game from everybody except for Hayden. So Hayden, what's your first game for us? Uh, mine would probably have to be the, the one of the biggest lines I've ever seen is probably the Jets minus, I mean, sorry, the Chiefs minus 19 and a half, but I'm going to take the Jets Ooh. because it's a lot of, I'm swallowing a lot of points, but I just don't think the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs will not have any problem winning this game. I just think the Jets, Jets will get a gar- garbage time touchdown, garbage time, couple field goals here and there just to keep, keep it under 20. Hey, Hayden, quick question for you. Are you the type of person who sees the, like a college football line, Alabama minus 51 and a half and I've lands seen on the other, it lands on the other side because it's just fun? <laughs> oh, this is the biggest NFL line I've ever seen. So right. I'm just going to take the other end of this. I love it. I'm here for it. <laughs> I respect it. Hayden, you are young and healthy. I am too old and decrepit to spend my life rooting for a garbage time touchdown from the jets <laughs> so that my 19 and a half holds up so good luck young man but i wouldn't touch that thing if you paid me. it sounds so fun though i really dig it all right uh second game here for me you know what i'm tired of getting burnt by the Bengals. i'm tired of it last week they got us all they got us all in week two every single week the Bengals get you right so you know what i'm just riding the train here I'm going to take the Bengals plus five and a half over the Titans. Look, I don't think Tennessee's got a very good defense. Joe Burrow's going to be able to throw the football. Titans are going to win the game. All Joe Burrow does is cover. So I'm just going to ride the train. I'm going to go with Joe Burrow and the Bengals plus five and a half. Titans bounce back and win, but it's by less than six. Anybody on the, on the, the Joey covers train with me? You know what? No, I'm, I'm on the other side of the oh. point, but I, I understand where, you know, you're thinking on this. And uh, like you said, I mean, you know, we've, we saw it firsthand uh, last week and so impressed by Joe Burrow, by the way, my goodness, that young man had so many things working against him, including losing his starting center, losing his left tackle, uh, half of his uh, defense selling their homes on, on the sidelines that <laughs> during the game. Um, so very, very impressed with him, but still, I, I just feel like the Titans, um, you know, they're coming off of a loss to Pittsburgh. I cannot see them losing, uh, two straight games to AFC North teams or two st- straight games right now, uh, at all. 
Uh, and, and I still think that that defense is in a little bit of turmoil there or a lot of turmoil uh, for the Bengals. So I'm going Titans over Bengals by five with the spread five and a half. I'm with Mary Kay on this one. Although Mary Kay, Dan doesn't think Joey B is going to win. He just thinks he's going to cover. <laughs> right. He just thinks the five and a half is too much. But I thought the best thing about last week was when Joe Burrow came out and blocked the extra point at the end of the game to ensure his cover. Oh, it, wait, no, he didn't. Cody Parkey matter. just biffed it. So it's listen, the, it's the aura. You know, it's the aura of Joe Burrow that no, sent that kick. No, no direction aura. it went. You know who lives to like snuff out auras and who who loves to like take a fun little thing that's happening and squish it in his in his fist? Mike Vrabel. <laughs> Mike Vrabel is not in the business of little Joey B, Joey covers pixie dust. Mike Vrabel is in the business of we just lost to the Steelers. We're going to win by 30. So, Dan, good luck with your Joey B pixie dust. Both those guys have Ohio State connections. And all the Buckeyes fans listening to this, you can root for it both ways, but this is a step on their neck Mike Vrabel game, not a pixie dust Joe Burrow game. So this is one of your games. So too, I'm also right, taking, I'm taking one of my picks. Yes. After all that, no, after all that, <laughs> I'm sitting it out. No, after all that Titans minus the five and a you half. You never know with Doug sometimes. You can just start ranting about a game they didn't even pick. <laughs> all right, Ellis, give us sure. your second game then. All right. This is not the push favorite. That'll be my third game. But this one is Packers at home, minus seven versus the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings coming off a bye, but that don't matter because this Vikings team is bad, bad, bad. Coming from someone from Minnesota, a lot of Vikings friends, Vikings fans, friends, everyone's checked out. No one's watching anymore. No one gives a rip. Just bring on the snow, the cold. It's going to be a sad winter in Minnesota, but I digress. Um, The first time the Packers played the Vikings – Killed him in Minnesota. Devontae Adams had like 15 catches for a zillion yards and a couple scores. Devontae Adams had 13 grabs, 196 yards, and two touchdowns last week. And in the Vikings' last game before the bye, Julio Jones had eight catches for 137 yards and two touchdowns. So do you guys think Devontae Adams is going to have a good game this week or what? (laughs) You know, I I knew you were going to pick this game. I knew that's where you were going to go. And I was going to call a timeout and say, I know what you're doing here. And I should have done it. But I didn't. But I'm with you on this. I picked I picked the Packers by by seven over the Vikings. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, they've won three straight now. 17 touchdowns, only two interceptions. Stick a, a, a fork in the Vikings. You're right. I mean, like, what the heck has happened to this team? I, I don't even understand it. It's just so bizarre. But I'm with you. I, I like Ellis's football analysis, and it's very good but I also like it when the Vikings hurt Ellis's feelings and then he just like takes it <laughs> uh, on him. So I can you tell him I'm, I'm in pain. Hey, hey quick, quick uh, sidebar here. All Minnesota sports fans are looking forward to right now is the Timberwolves having the number one pick on November 18th of the NBA draft. That's how sad it's gotten. Uh, oh, for and the, that, as for we the, know, the Timberwolves have never messed up a draft pick. Never, never. <laughs> Hayden, what's your second game? Uh, well, there's not a lot, a lot of great games I like here, but this is one of the more likable ones. I like the Eagles minus nine on Sunday night football against the Cowboys, against the injury-ridden Cowboys, and they're just blowing up right now. But they're having a third-string court quarterback undrafted from James Madison starting against the Eagles. And 
Dallas is offensive line is depleted. Philly has a defensive line. I think Philly will have no problem taking care of care of the Cowboys at home. I thought about this one too. I I just I, I'm still nervous about the Eagles whether they can cover nine points. But uh, yeah, I, I gave this one a long look considering how bad a shape the Cowboys are in right now, and especially what they did against Washington. Uh, I lost that game last week when Washington came out and just boat raced the Cowboys. So. Picking against the Cowboys is never a bad idea. Yeah, Hayden, um, nice pick. The Cowboys are 0-7 against the spread this year. No surprise there. But unfortunately, I have to break it to you. You just picked my mega lock push of the week. This is what I have the Eagles minus nine. And wouldn't it be as NFC East as it gets for the Cowboys to now be 0-7-1 against the spread? Eagles win by nine. My mega lock push of the week. Give it to me. What's your score there, Ellis? Like, like 12-3? What's the score? I mean, like, like I, I can't even imagine. I, uh, 12-3. I'm with Ellis. That's a great pick. Thank you. That's all, that's all we need. Just give us a push. Give, give me back. <laughs> and I'm going to have to go back and put in, like, some sound effects. And, like, Ellis, you need just a giant lock that you can hold up every <laughs> giant week. Lock <laughs> giant lock button. Giant lock. We'll find it. We got some time. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, so, I have a couple games out here left. So, I'm going to go with my third game. Again, really tough. So there's this thing with the Patriots, right? You always you leave them for dead, and they bounce back. You know, they come out, and they surprise you. They shock you. But I don't believe that's the case this time around. I think the Patriots are a mess. I think Cam Newton is a mess right now. He doesn't have any weapons. I know he never had any weapons in Carolina, but he really doesn't have any weapons now. I think I saw today Julian Edelman is out this week. Uh, so I – I think the Patriots are falling apart a little bit. The Bills didn't look great against the Jets. I wish this game could have fans in Buffalo because the atmosphere would just be unbelievable. I'm going to take the Bills minus three and a half over the Patriots, which I know Doug always makes you nervous to bet on Josh Allen. But I'm going, I think the Bills, I don't think this is a death blow to the Patriots, but it's going to be pretty close to one. Uh, The Bills make a statement and beat the Patriots. Uh, I'm going with them minus three and a half. I bet on the bills last week against the jets and lost. <laughs> Although I was happy again, I, I, if, if to watch the bills kick six field goals against the worst team in the NFL, I was happy to take that loss. <laughs> Belichick's last stand against like the team on the rise in his division. I wouldn't want to put it past bill to have one last plan for Mr. Allen. So best of luck, Dan, I don't know. It might be, they might be dead. The Patriots might be dead, but this might be the last gasp before they collapse. And the last gasp is like something Josh Allen's never seen from a defense before. So I'm staying away. I thought about about this one too, Dan, but uh, I have the opposite situation with Josh Allen that Doug does. Like I, I feel like, you know, I have a vested interest in seeing him succeed because I liked him coming out in the draft. And so therefore I'm just skittish about picking him or not picking him. And I just get all jumbled up. So I just stayed away from it. See, I'm playing with house money when it comes to guys who come out in the draft, whether I liked him or not, because I'm sure out somewhere out there, I have a take that's like, eh, I don't know if Patrick Mahomes is any good. <laughs> I won't regret that one for the next 20 years. Doug, what's your third game? So I think the Steelers are better than the Ravens, and I'm not sure why the Ravens are getting three and a half. At the very least, I think they're even. And, okay, it's in Baltimore. I get it, but I don't home field. 
So I'll take the Steelers plus three and a half in a game that, that I think will be decided by a field goal. So maybe the Ravens will win, but I, I still think I, I just think the Steelers are might be a scooch better. So Pittsburgh plus three and a half at Baltimore. I'll take the Steelers. All right. Uh, and Hayden, you're the only one with an outstanding game here before we get to the Browns. So what's your third game? Uh, my third and final game is uh, the Saints minus four, I believe. No, minus full four and a half against the Chicago Bears. When I watched Chicago on Monday night, that was really hard to watch out of Nick, Nick Foles and what that offense did until the end. But that defense came after him. I know the Saints haven't performed well, but they have plenty of guys. I'm pretty sure Drew, Drew Brees will be able to dump it off to Alvin Kamara plenty of times, and they'll, they'll get the win in, in Chicago. Okay. Well, here we go. Real, real, oh, quick, Ellis, go ahead. Yeah, real quickly, Hayden, I, I like that pick. It's It was miserable to watch, as you just said, Monday night. And there's been some some rumblings in the, the Bears locker room that Matt Nagy is uh, kind of flaring, flaring around right now. Uh, Nick Foles said something about how some play calls just he, – they come into the game and they just don't – he knows they're not going to work because they won't have time to – execute those route concepts so he's changing plays and um this is going to be if they win it's going to be because Matt Nagy is not not coaching for his job necessarily in the short term but this is um ruining and headed the wrong direction for him so if they win it's because of a bounce back game from Nagy but I agree Alvin Kamara is pay him as a a playmaker not a running back and I, I think the Saints take care of it yeah the Bears need need this game really badly for a win to stay up there with the Packers in the division exactly all right, so those are our, uh, our NFL picks. Now let's get to the Browns game. Uh, I've got this at two and a half. So I've got the Browns uh, at minus two and a half in this game favored here. Hayden, you are our guest, so you get to kick us off. What are you picking here? I will, t- I will t- take the Browns minus two and a half. I think this game is going to be a shootout from the start. The Raiders – Pressure, I think, is one of the worst in the league. And our defense, the only way it works is when Miles Garrett forces turnovers and bad throws by by the quarterback. But I think we'll pull it out in the end, but it will be a shootout. And it will kind of depend on who turns the ball over first or makes the first mistake. Ellis? This has been a tough one. Um, I write that uh, Sunday night, Monday morning preview each week, and this is actually the first time I flopped. So I picked the game that morning, and I had the Browns. But as we've progressed, it, we talked about on yesterday's pod how I see I could see the Browns coming out flat just because of the all you know the emotional high they had last week, and then you combine that with the reality of no Odell Beckham Jr., no Austin Hooper, still no Nick Chubb, not a full strength offensive line. And it has the makings of this team limping to the bye week. And the Raiders are sort of, you know, trending the other way. They just came off a tough loss. They're going to need to bounce back. They're, they, their deep passing game's getting figured out. Uh, they have completed like six of their 10 last deep balls over the past two games. And they've got an offense that can control the football. So I think the Browns are just trying to get to the bye week while the Raiders are going to be the more desperate team. And that tends to be – the the squad that can take care of business, the one that has more to play for. So I'll take the Raiders. Mary Kay. You know, once again, I went back and forth over this. I think this was a tough game to pick. Um, in the end, at least right now, I'm until <laughs> I change my mind on Friday. Uh, no, 
But right now I've got the Browns winning this game. And the reason why is because uh, for one of the same reasons that Hayden mentioned, I think it's going to come down to the turnover battle. I think they're going to get uh, Derek Carr's third interception of the season. I think maybe, uh, maybe Denzel Ward is going to get it. Uh, maybe Ronnie Harrison's going to get it, but somebody's going to pick him off. Uh, I think that Miles Garrett's going to find a weakness somewhere along that offensive line. I think he's going to punch the ball out from somebody. Uh, so I think the Browns are going to get some, some takeaways here. I actually do think that, that Baker is going to play uh, a little bit looser and freer like we saw him do in Cincinnati. Uh, once again, with some of his comfort level guys like Richard and David Njoku, you know, surrounding him and, and Jarvis. Um, Kareem should feel a little bit better with the, with the rib injury. So I think he might be able to make some hay. This is the 28th ranked pass defense and the intangibles that we talked about on our pod yesterday. I think that these guys uh, are going to leave everything out on the field. They've got the bye coming up. Uh, Kevin Stefanski's dangled a carrot of taking care of them at the bye, even though they don't get to go anywhere. Um, I think they're going to be, I think they're going to come out really hyped up for this game. And I think they're going to win. I am. I'm with Hayden. I think this is going to be a shootout of some kind. Um, I, I don't think either team has a great defense. I think the Browns defense is better than the Raiders defense. Obviously their pass rush is significantly better just because of miles Garrett. Uh, I think this, there's going to be points in this game. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game though. And I, I think both these offenses are really efficient. We mentioned it on the pod yesterday. When you look at football outsiders drive stats, I mean, it's pretty wild. These, these offenses in a lot of areas are, are really close when it comes to efficiency numbers. And so I think you're going to see a really kind of back and forth game. So because of that, you know, I don't know if the Browns are going to win or not. I haven't really quite decided that, but I do think uh, just because of that, I'm going to take the Raiders plus two and a half uh, to at least cover that. I think it's going to be a close game. So I'm going Raiders plus two and a half. So you're just giving yourself extra time to make your actual game pick. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think I, I think I'm going to probably pick the Raiders in a close game, but I, I just don't know. But I think it's going to be within three points. So if they win, they'll be six and two at the break with the Jaguars, the Giants, the Jets, the Eagles, the Texans ahead. If you think they're going to win, I think you might think the Browns are going to win 11 or 12 games. Because the only really three good teams they have left are the Titans, the Ravens, and the Steelers. So I picked the Browns to go 10 and 6 before the season. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I yell at everybody who says Pittsburgh and Baltimore, what about them? But if you think they're going to win 11 or 12 games, I'm kind of like, I don't know about that. So I think this is a pendulum swing. And I'm with Ellis. I think it just swings back because that's what happens in the NFL. They are on the high of last week, and then it swings back this week, and they get kicked in the tuchus a little bit. And when you swing, when the pendulum swings back and you don't have Nick Chubb, you don't have Odell Beckham, you don't have Austin Hooper, this looks like they're one game, right? Now, they didn't have Odell all last week, but they thought they were going to going in. This is the one game with no Chubb and no Odell, right? So isn't the expectation, yes, is that after the bye, Chubb is back, probably, mm-hmm. maybe. Am I right on that, right? You or, guys at least, or at least Wyatt Teller's back, you know which is going to help the run game. Okay. So I think this is a, the lowest point for playmaking, right? That like this, they really have to patch it together a little bit offensively in a game like this. And I think this is going to be one of those where in the the pendulum swing, 
the defense is going to get lit up because the defense is not that great. And we're going to go into the bye week and everybody's going to be going like, oh, see, I told you they aren't very good. Their defense stinks. Oh, Baker wasn't that good again. Oh, man, what's up? And then they'll come out of the bye and they'll be fine. So prepare everybody to freak out unnecessarily for the next 10 days. But I think they're going to lose to the Raiders. And I don't think it may. I think maybe it won't be close. I think it'll be one of these just, you know, the Raiders come in and just win like 31 to 17 and like Baker's fine, but he's not great. And they miss the playmakers and the defense is a mess and they go into the break five and three and take a break and figure it out. But I just think it's, it's not much football analysis by me because frankly, none of this is much football analysis by me. (laughs) I just think it swings back because a 10 and six team is going to lose six times. And if you're looking for six losses for these teams, this is up there as a very possible one. So I'll take the Raiders plus the points. Okay. There you have it. Our picks for the week. Uh, I'm not going to go through all the picks here this time. I don't think anybody listens to that anyway. And it's just me staring at my paper. So if you missed the picks, what were you listening to for the last half hour? (laughs) Hit that rewind button and go back and listen again. Um, I do want to shout out Hayden though. Of course uh, you had about 90 minutes notice if that to uh, get yourself ready to do this pod. And uh, you did a great job. It's not like you had about a week to prepare. So uh Good job, Hayden. But I always will put our football insider subscribers on the spot. I know you've been in our post game shows too. I don't think you've ever been on video with us, but I know you've you've called into our post game shows. Uh, football insider subscriber, why do you do it? Uh, I've always want, wanted to get in. I love I love the Browns. First off, I love them. They were my first like thing that I saw that I want wanted to like really get get into in my life, but. I really, really like the aspect of getting possibly in an NFL front office or a reporting job or something of that, that necessary with the NFL of some sort. All right. Well, when you get that NFL front office job, don't lose any of our numbers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going we're gonna to be hitting you up. All right. Uh, we appreciate you coming on and being our guest picker. And of course, as always, Ellis, Mary Kay and Doug, hopefully we'll all do better. Then one and three last week. Check out Football Insider. Go to cleveland.com slash Browns. Click on the blue banner at the top of the page. I'm Dan Lobby. And we got Vinny Bond Senor coming up from the Las Vegas Review Journal after the break. And we now welcome on Vinny Bond Senor. Uh, Vinny, thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Good. And Vinny, yeah. of course, is a reporter for uh, the, the Review Journal, covers the Las Vegas Raiders. Go ahead, Mary Kay. Yeah, thanks, thanks for joining us today. We're really happy to have you. And, uh, you know, I'm going to start right off with uh, with the quarterback. How yes. is Derek Carr doing? I see that he's got 13 touchdowns, two interceptions. He's number three in rating. What's going so well with Derek this season? Well, I think what you're seeing is the benefit of continuity. It's the first time in, in Derek Carr's career going all the way back to high school, really, um, where he's had a third straight year with the same head coach, a third straight year in this, with the same offensive coordinator. Um, you know, he talked a lot about that this offseason, just in terms of understanding what's going on. You know, uh, in a lot of ways, the Raiders did a disservice to Derek Carr over his first six years or so. There was constant changeover whether you're talking about coaches, general managers, uh, talent coming in and out of the building. Uh, and really that's a bad recipe for, for any quarterback. Um, he still put up, you know, fairly decent numbers, uh, but, you know, being able to take it to another level uh, just wasn't available to him because it was constantly trying to learn a new system, a new coaching staff, uh, new verbiage and, and all of that. 
Uh, whereas this year he came into this, you know, training camp such as it was um, really just adding on and mastering rather than learning. And so I think that you're really seeing the benefit of that. Um, you know, the relationship with he and John Gruden, the working relationship, um, but also they did a really good job or have done a really good job over the last couple of years of rebuilding the offensive line, giving him weapons like Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller, Henry Ruggs, we're seeing him uh, this year, um, Hunter Renfro, um, Nelson Aguilar. Uh, so I think there's also just better talent around him. And naturally that's going to benefit a quarterback as well. Mm-hmm. Now from the outside looking in, it has felt, and I, I think there have been some people that have talked about, you know, Derek Carr is kind of, John Gruden's guy until he's not. Uh, but yeah. do you feel like Gruden, you know, sort of believes in Derek Carr or is that the case? Well, I'll put it to you this way. Um, and, and no doubt about it. You're correct in the assessment that the national or outsiders view was upon John Gruden taking over was, well, there goes Derek Carr. John Gruden's going to come in here and uh, pick his own quarterback. That was his history um, going back to his last first tenure with the uh, with the then Oakland Raiders and you know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, but the fact is three drafts have come and gone three off three you know free agents period free agency periods have come and gone uh, they've shown John Gruden no hesitancy to make trades he traded Khalil Mack he traded Amari Cooper yet the one guy that everyone thought was going to be on the first bus out of town is still here and to me that says something um, in, in terms of how you know, John Gruden uh, and this organization views Derek Carr. I think, you know, when John Gruden got here, he sized up the situation just like anyone else probably would have. There's just not a lot of talent around Derek Carr, whether it was a bad offensive line, no, you know, a lack of uh, talent around him in terms of the weapons, no running game, a bad defense. Um, I think that John Gruden realized this guy isn't the problem. Uh, he can be part of the solution. We just got to now help him and put put talent around him both on both sides of the ball. And so, um, ironically enough, the guy that everyone thought was going to be the first guy out of town is really the last man standing throughout the entire three-year purge under John Gruden and, and Mike Mayock. Well, obviously, the biggest sign that this team uh, has gotten better this year is beating the Kansas City Chiefs. I yeah. mean, you know, I mean, tell us, you know, how, how did that happen and, you know, what lingering effects or whatever confidence did they get from that victory? I think tremendous confidence. It it was kind of one of those, uh, you can't go back now sort of moments for them. Um, The the previous two weeks, uh, they had lost two games straight, two straight games going into that uh, game. And, you know, it was uh, what those two games showed them. Those two losses showed them is that they're not good enough to, to play while also shooting themselves in the foot, continually shooting themselves over the foot. Uh, in the foot, their first two games, two wins. Uh, they they pretty much played perfect football offensively, real low turnover numbers. Um, the penalties were very manageable. That didn't happen in games three and four, and it really cost them. And it taught them a lesson of you know we just we're not good enough to be able to play while overcoming our own mistakes. And so they they played perfect football basically against the Kansas City Chiefs and just got just enough defense, uh, especially in that second half holding you know, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs to just eight points over two quarters is notable. Um, and and as a result, the defense, you know, stood up and gave the offense uh, some opportunities, uh, more opportunities to do their thing. And and when the offense is playing smart, efficient, clean football, they could score points pretty much against anybody. And they showed that against Kansas City Chiefs. Um, but, 
you know, while that offense is, is a playoff caliber offense for all intents and purposes, the defense needs a lot of help. And that's where, you know, um, they got to get more complimentary football from that defense. They showed in that Kansas city game, especially in that second half, Hey, a stop here or a stop there, getting the ball back to the offense, you know, uh, uh, really makes a big impact. But if they're just getting run, you know, up and down the field on um, it, it, no matter how many points the offense scores, it's always going to have to be a situation where they've got to out shoot the other team. And that's not a, a world that anybody really wants to operate on uh, in for any long period of time. Mm-hmm. So speaking of the defense, obviously pressure has, has been an issue. Uh, only seven sacks this season, uh, not really generating a lot of pass rush. I know they signed one of our old friends here in Cleveland, Carl Nassib, a uh, hard knock star a few years ago. Uh, why have they been unable to generate a pass rush? Is it a talent issue and can they fix it? Great question. And uh, as John Gruden has talked about this week, they've been, they've gone into the laboratory to try to figure it out. Um, There's, you know, the easy answer is guys just aren't winning one-on-one battles uh, enough to, to create the pressure. They're way down on the sacks. They're way down on the pressures. The quarterback hits all the metrics that you use to, to analyze um, and to, and to, you know, uh, take a look at, at, who's creating pressure and who isn't. Um, and then, then they're also at 15%, somewhere around there in terms of uh, uh, blitzing percentage on dropbacks by opposing quarterbacks. That's fourth or fifth uh, uh, lowest in the NFL. So, you know, maybe, maybe you'll see some, uh, you know, in terms of trying to fix it, maybe some more, you know, blitzing. Um, but I think that's a double-edged sword because then that exposes – if you're not getting there where you want to get um, in terms of creating the pressure or sacking quarterbacks, then you're leaving a young and banged up secondary vulnerable to try to, you know, cover for that. And uh, that's the other part of this issue is that they haven't gotten the kind of coverage that they were hoping for um, from the secondary. A lot of it's due to youth uh, and a lot of it's also due to injuries and they're not having Jonathan Abram last week against uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So they collectively, they just need to get it together. But I think you're probably going to see, some changes uh, this week in terms of who lines up where and maybe uh, some, some blitz packages, more blitz, blitz packages than we've seen over the last six weeks um, and, and maybe some, you know, personnel changes in terms of, you know, maybe moving a guy inside and another guy outside. So uh, we're all anxious to find out what these changes uh, are going to come out of this uh, laboratory visit by John Gruden and his coaching staff, uh, but they're pretty much keeping a pretty tight lid on it right now. Well, you obviously know all about Miles Garrett and, uh, you know, even uh, obviously on the uh, conference call yesterday, John Gruden with us said, you know, he wishes he had Miles Garrett. Uh, he can be, <laughs> he can be a game wrecker uh, yes. and you guys, uh, not you guys, but the Raiders are coming off of some offensive line COVID turmoil. So I'm wondering, curious about, you know, what's going on with the offensive line there and, you know, what, what's the plan for trying to keep Miles Garrett from kind of wrecking the game? Yeah, and it was turmoil, to say the least. Um, you know, their entire offensive line um, missed – well, uh, Trent Brown was out. Uh, he didn't play, so he missed all of last week and uh, is expected to return on Sunday. Uh, meanwhile, uh, because, you know, um, he couldn't be bothered to wear his uh, tracing monitor – um, in order to rule players out as high-risk contacts of his, they had to just assume that they were high-risk contacts of his, which meant the four other starters could not practice last week. And they had to basically wake up Sunday morning and go play a football game uh, at the highest level possible. Um, and they, they held up fairly well, but, you know, it was pretty obvious that 
that's not something that you want to repeat. Um, they'll get their four starters back. Uh, they're expected to get Trent Brown back as well. He's allowed back in the building tomorrow after all the protocols are, uh, are, are uh, you know, uh, adhered to. Um, so I think having Trent Brown obviously is going to help against Miles Garrett because now there won't be necessarily a major weak link for the Browns to really exploit. If Trent Brown's not in there, then you're talking about Sam Young, who's been injury prone, uh, you know, Brandon Parker, young player who just hasn't gotten the job done. And, you know, at times they've moved Denzel Good, who's a backup guard over to right tackle. So um, it, it behooves the Raiders to not be in that situation because if Trent Brown can go, we pretty much know where Miles Garrett is going to line up, uh, you know, more often than not. And that's on the weak link, which would, which at that point would be the right tackle. But if Trent Brown is in there, now you have your whole unit intact. Um, and both tackles, both Trent Brown, when he's been out there, has played well. And Colton Miller, uh, the right tackle, excuse me, the left tackle, has played well as, as well. So, um, you know, not to say that they're going to shut Miles Garrett out by any stretch of the imagination, but they can at least manage him a little bit better than, than they would if they don't have Trent Brown. Great. Okay, so w- when you look at Sunday's game then, uh, I mean, what do you expect to happen? Well, um, I think the I think the the, the Raiders' offense, uh, barring any shooting of shooting themselves in the foot, uh, if they can avoid that, um, I think they're going to be able to move the ball. I think they're going to be able to score points. They have, uh, you know, pretty much every every game thus far. Um, they're going to have to try to make life a little bit difficult for Baker Mayfield. Maybe force him into some mistakes uh, and some third and longs. You know, get them off schedule. Uh, and if 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 it follows you know, the, the, the winning recipe that the Raiders have been able to cook up for three, three of their wins, uh, just get enough stops and give, you know, Derek Carr an opportunity uh, with, with the weapons that he now has around him to do some damage. And if they can do that, uh, then I think this is a, you know, a, a winnable game um, for the Raiders. And it's, it's turned from a, you know, an intriguing game into, into a, I'm not going to say it's a must win for the Raiders, but when you start really thinking about this and playing it out, over the course of the season, the Raiders fancy themselves as a playoff contender, one of the seven teams in the AFC uh, with the two new, with the wild card, the addition of the extra wild card. Um, I don't think anyone necessarily thought the Browns would be in that mix, but here they are. And so the Raiders are eventually going to have to, to keep the Browns within eyesight of them. Uh, they can't let them get too far out in, in front of them. If they go to six and two and the, the, the Raiders are three and four, it's, it's tough to start thinking about having to chase teams down um, in that regard. So for the Raiders, they need to keep pace uh, with the Browns and, and win this game in order to, to keep that close uh, with, what, seven games left in the season. So if I can put you on the spot then, if you had to make a pick, and we don't know if you actually make picks for your, uh, for your paper, but if you had to make a pick, who are you, who are you taking in this game? You know, I, th- I think the Raiders are going to bounce back. Um, I think they're going to they're, they're going to be healthier uh, along the offensive line. They're going to be obviously in a better position on the offensive line than they were uh, in the Tampa Bay game. Um, I think that this defense, however they do it, they're going to they're, they're going to play a little bit better as well. And then they do did Sunday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, and I think Derek Carr and, and the offense are going to put up points. And so. It's probably going to be a bit of a shootout, which I'm sure the fans will uh, love watching and and being there. Uh, But I'll give a slight edge to the Raiders. Okay. Okay. Vinny Bonsignor of the Las Vegas Review-Journal covers the Raiders 
uh, out there in Las Vegas. It's still, I'm still getting used to saying that. I've caught yeah. myself saying Oakland over and over and over again. Yes, no doubt. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. All right, have a good one, you guys. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Vinny.